CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400, and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you. We're joined now by Ken Campbell, who I have known for 20 years. Uh, back when he was uh, covering the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Toronto Star. And then we were briefly colleagues, if you can call it that, at the uh, <laughs> Hockey News uh, when I was the Sabres correspondent and writing the occasional column. Uh, Ken, of course, was uh, higher and mightier than I uh, as a senior writer for uh, the Hockey News for a long time. But now he has a Substack called Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. And you could see all of his work there at kencampbell.substack.com. Uh, check it out. I've been a subscriber since the beginning and uh, been looking forward to having Ken on. Thanks for doing this, Ken. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. It's been a while. And uh, yeah, those were, it was only 20 years ago. Eh? Yeah, well, I guess that, I guess that checks out. <laughs> well, you've been doing this for 35 years in, yeah, in total yeah. in terms of covering hockey. Well, yeah, yeah. It's been about that. It's been well over three decades. I mean, my career has been going on for well over 35 years uh started at a small paper in northern ontario and then when you were six what's that when you were six right when I was six yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh, and then went to the hockey news in 1988 so basically since 1988 i've been fully full on doing hockey for one publication or another well before we get down uh i guess too much of a uh, heated road uh, let's, uh, because, you know, I'm compelled to have you on, uh, because I want to talk to you about what's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks and the NHL and the NHLPA in their handling of, uh, Kyle Beach's uh, abuse and, uh, and what it's led to with others. Um, but before let's, let's start off a little more, uh, lighthearted here. Um, the Buffalo Sabres, I mean, with everything that's going on in hockey, have you really had much of a chance to take a, take a look at this team that everybody considered was going to rank 32nd in everybody's power rankings and, uh, and is now looking competitive and legitimately competitive, yeah. not smoke and mirrors competitive. Right, right, right. This is not just, you know, this isn't the start they had a couple of years ago. I mean, um, this is, this is, yeah, this looks for real. And this looks like a team that, you know, really is, is going to, um, you know, I mean, I mean, dare say it, like they might be playing meaningful games in March and April and, and that sort of thing. I don't, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but um, I do think that they are going to be playing meaningful games down the stretch. And I don't think anybody expected that. Like there's a whole bunch of teams in the NHL that I'm really surprised at how good they are. And there's a whole bunch of teams in the NHL that I'm really surprised at how bad they are. And the, the Buffalo Sabres are on the, on the good side of the ledger for sure. And Kenny, the, the reason I wanted to bring that up is kind of like the backdrop of the main conversation that we're about to have, because um, 
given all of these villains, these relatively new villains, some old villains, in, in namely Gary Bettman, but I don't know how if Stan Bowman or Joe Quinnivell would be considered a, a villain as of a week ago. Um, obviously, Brad Aldrich, uh, a name that w- wasn't a household name, uh, w- if not for some brilliant reporting that's gone on. Uh, be, and it should have been because of Kyle Beach's uh, complaints. Uh, but no, it took a lot of digging and spotlight shining. But this is a beautiful game and yeah. a game that a lot of fans love, obviously, unconditionally, uh, some conditionally, maybe even myself. And I think that when you have these decisions that are being made by Gary Bettman, by Stan Bowman, by Joe Quenville, by Don Fear, that it really does kick the hockey fan right in the balls. Yeah. When it comes to trying to love this game and this league, um, it just really can't get out of its own way. And this might be the coup de grace. I, I mean, this is, Ken, 35 years, all the embarrassments that we've talked about with hockey. Um, today, and you wrote about it at Hockey Unfiltered, uh, that this may be the worst of it all. Maybe, and I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I'm categorizing it as maybe. Perhaps you were pretty strong as saying this, this, this is the worst. Yeah, I mean, Gary Bettman's been the commissioner of the NHL for 28 years now. He started in February of 1993. So 28-plus years. Um, he's locked the, the players out twice. Um, you know, the, he's, he still continues to deny any, any, any link between uh, trauma, trauma to the head and CTE. Um, he goes into lawyer speak an awful lot in, in times of crisis and, and controversy for this league. You know, I have, I have disagreed with Gary Bettman on an awful lot and, and, and an awful lot of times over the years. Um, I, to my knowledge, and I, I stand corrected if that's the case, and someone can prove it to me, I have never called for him to resign or be dismissed before. Never. Uh, I'm doing it now. Uh, th- this is it. This is, the, this is the tipping point right here. Um, you know, I mean, Gary Bettman has been, from a business side, he's been an outstanding commissioner for the NHL. Um, you know, uh, revenues were in the hundreds of millions of dollars when he took over. It's now $5 billion a year industry when there's not a pandemic and everything isn't turned on its ear. It's a $5 billion a year industry. Franchise values are through the roof. He's made money for his 32 owners. Um, he's, he's, put, he's, he's, he's very good at putting out fires when it comes to the business side of things. Um, he's grown the game in a lot of areas that a lot of other people wouldn't have had the courage to grow the game in. Um, that's not my issue with Gary Bettman. This one here is there's, there's just been a lack of compassion, but also, um, in times like this, you look to your leaders to lead. And I don't, I don't feel like Gary Bettman has, has been an effective and good leader. And given that, and given the fact that he's been doing this for 28 years, I just think it's time for a new voice. I think it's time for Gary Bettman to step down or for the owners to say it's, it's, it's time for you to go. Um, I'm that serious about it. Like, I don't say this stuff flippantly. Like, you know, I mean, there, there's probably not a day that goes by where a fan or, or a member of the media says, Oh, Gary Bettman's got to go, you know, like, 
they say it all the time. Like, you know, Gary Bettman, you know, looks out the window and it's like, Gary Bettman's got to go. Everything he does, Gary Bettman's got to go. So I don't say it flippantly. I don't, I never say that flippantly when it comes to someone's livelihood and their job and their passion and what they've done for, for decades. I don't say it flippantly at all, but Gary Bettman's got to go. And that's, that's just the truth of the matter. That's just the reality in my opinion. Yeah. Gary Bettman's, uh, news conference today was not helpful. Uh, it was damning. Uh, it made things worse. It made the NHL look worse. Mm -hmm. uh, the NHL fining the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million. And the point was made uh, today. Some other cases were brought up in which the New Jersey Devils were fined $3 million for trying to subvert the salary cap with Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, there have been loss of draft picks uh, over working out players. There have been all kinds of things. We're seeing it similarly in the NFL with what's going on with Washington football team and all these big, thick reports that get sent out about deflated footballs or videotaping uh, hand signals. Uh, but Washington football team um, has a toxic work environment in which women are afraid to show up on a daily basis and there's no written report at all because they don't want the paper trail. I mean, not, not a great uh, week for commissioners, but I don't want to get too far afield by, by talking about football. Um, you know, you mentioned Rob Manfred saying, you know, hey, it's a tomahawk chop. They're the Atlanta Braves. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, not right. a good, not a good year, not a good week for our, our sports leaders. No, Adam Silver should probably just uh, keep quiet for a couple <laughs> of weeks. down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like on Jeopardy when the other two missed the question, you're like, I'm just not going to answer this one. And I'm going to gain by just not participating. I'm just going to let them keep shrinking backwards. Um, but it, Gary Bettman also pretty much punting right back to the Chicago Blackhawks and saying, you know, Pontius Pilate washing his hands. They told me there was nothing to investigate. Well, then shouldn't you be fining them more than $2 million? Because not only did they lie to you, they're now making you look bad by, by your claim. You're claiming the Chicago Blackhawks dropped the puck on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they still get off easy compared to the devils trying to sign Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, well, and, and when he was asked about that, he said different circumstances, different factors or something like that. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We know that it was different circumstances and different factors. This was way worse. This was way worse. This is somebody's life that's been possibly ruined over this. And another 16-year-old kid in Michigan who ended up getting sexually assaulted because this sexual predator was released back into the world. And, and Kenny, I want to, I, I want to make a point too, because I talk about, I've been having discussions with this about people just because, you know, I'm, I'm in press boxes and talk, I mean, we, yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a major story. I was one making a point to say two people that we know about. Right. Right. Because exactly. statistically speaking, predators and pedophiles mm -hmm. do this a lot. And yep. I'm speaking from someone who's done an awful lot of research on it. I'm not saying this off the top of my head. Uh, uh, what's, a, what's a sports writer know about this type of thing? Well, I know a few things. Mm -hmm. They do this a lot. So two, then he got caught with both of them. Dubious. Dubious to believe that there aren't many others. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I mean, there were others. I mean, he, uh, he um, made advances to an intern after they won the cup. Uh, and the intern rebuffed him. Um, he made it, there was another player that he made advances to who, you know, thank goodness was able to extricate himself from the situation. So, I mean, there's two right there just in that, 
short time frame. So yeah, you have to think that there have been, um, you know, really, uh, you know, he, like it's about exploiting a power dynamic and he's been in a position of power coaching, you know, at, at, uh, with USA hockey, with, uh, the university of Miami of Ohio, with a high school team in Michigan, he owns a, uh, I believe it's a window etching business or something where he has, apprentices and interns, young men who come and apprentice and intern with him. Um, you know, I mean, he has had opportunities. Let's put it that he way. He has control of your dreams. Right. Exactly. This, is a, this exactly. is a point that gets made about me or uh, to me uh, when it has come up. I was uh, over the weekend uh, enjoying a couple of pops and watching the World Series. And it's a it's a topic. And and somebody mentions to me, well, well, how did he put him? How can he get himself in that situation? He was 20 years old or whatever. Um, how can, you know, how can he let that happen? And you let it happen because you have a dream that you've had since you were seven years old to play in the national hockey league. And this is the guy who is supposed to get you into the national hockey league. Yeah. But the team that drafted you 11th overall says you need to work with, if you want to play for the Chicago Blackhawks mm -hmm. uh, or in other instances that he had, whether it was at Miami of Ohio, if you want to get to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, or if in the, U, the U.S. development program, if you want to get drafted, all these types of things. Uh, and so, yes, these are grown men uh, who young, young, but they're adults. True. Some of them, some of them are not. Some of them are boys. Some of them are minors. Mm -hmm. uh, but they are in position to where they have to trust this person. And then the secret, the secret is now also a part of that power dynamic of I cannot let anybody find out. And if anybody finds out, this is going to be embarrassing because they're going to call me names in the dressing room, yeah. which according to Kyle Beach, the Blackhawks found out and they still did because that's what guys do. They laugh, they chuckle, they, cause they don't want to maybe face their own problems. So they make fun of you. Uh, and then he's got to sit there and take it because <clears throat> his secret is a, it is a poorly kept secret but if it gets out there, then it destroys his life. Uh, and he, and that's his life. Yeah. And he can't ever have his dream of playing in right. the national hockey league. And Kyle beach never played in the national hockey league. So imagine how that's eaten him up. Yeah. Didn't play a game, never played a single game was one of their top prospects for about three years. So, you know, I mean, I I've heard this from other people as well. Well, how could it happen? Kyle beach was a six foot three, 200 pound, 20 year old guy. And Brad Aldrich is like my size. He's five foot six. He's 130 pounds. I'm not 130 pounds. I wish, but, um, but, but he, he was a small guy and you know, how could this big guy have allowed this small? Well, it's a power dynamic. It's somebody exploiting a power dynamic. That's all it is. And, and you, you, you know, you said it yourself, Tim, like, it's like, you've been working for this since you are old enough to remember. I mean, you start skating when you're in Canada, when you're basically uh, out of the womb, you know, like uh, at least at four or five years old and you start playing hockey and you get this dream and you keep working towards this dream and the bottleneck keeps getting thinner and thinner and you keep still getting through that bottleneck. So now you're at the cusp of realizing this dream. I mean, you know, of course you're gonna do what, what someone in, in a position of power says, that you have to do like that. That is, that's a no brainer. And you know, why didn't he go to the police? Well, why do so many women who get sexually assaulted, not go to the police? Why do so many people not go to the police? You know, I, I, I've been looking, I've been thinking about this and like, 
I don't, I don't think Kyle Beach, you know, necessarily had a duty to go to the police, although he very well could have. But I, I keep thinking about this and the people who knew, the people who were in the loop, the people of power, the people who had no skin in the game, the people who, who, who could have gone. And just one damn person, one damn person, that's all it would have taken was one person to go to a law enforcement person and say, here's what's going on. There's a sex crime going on. You have to investigate it. And nobody did it. Because, you know, I mean, if, if, if the Chicago Blackhawks had taken care of this and fired um, Brad Aldrich when it happened and let him go and you know he could have very well ended up in another place and done and this not give and, and give him a glowing review on right, the way out does, the door exactly. that he could use to get other jobs yeah I mean and you know these guys do that these guys do that they go from place to place they're very good at at going from place to place and finding the right place and finding vulnerable people so I'm not saying that if the Chicago Blackhawks had fired him right there and then um, you know he wouldn't have wouldn't have offended again because he may very well have. But I know what would have stopped him in his tracks if somebody, one of these people, one of these damn people had said to a policeman, here's what's going on, investigate it, there's a crime, you are law enforcement, deal with this. And it, it's reminiscent to me also of the uh, Joe Paterno case in which the people who try to push things up the chain, Kyle Beach actually making a complaint getting the NHL Players Association involved or whomever it is at your workplace, you, you assume wrongfully, as we've learned in, in very ugly ways, you assume that authority within your workplace or your management, that they're going to take care of it, that it's going to be taken care of. That's where, Pete, that's where Joe Paterno said, well, I, you know, I, I, I stopped thinking about it and that was for the administration to worry about or campus security or whatever. And then with the, I'm sure Kyle Beach to some extent said, and, and he, you know, talked about it in his interview with, uh, uh, with Rick Westhead, is that once you start getting stonewalled, you're like, I was wrong. Uh, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't have done, I guess I, he was right and I was wrong because his name's on the cup and, and I'm not going, I'm not getting called up to play for the Blackhawks uh, beyond being a black ace. Um, so I therefore was wrong. And I guess I, so it just adds to the confusion. I, it's a, it's a shame. Uh, I, Kyle Beach is a hero for coming forward because I think as long as he's John Doe, number one, this story does not get the traction. Uh, Even if he's blacked out and has a voice change, if he doesn't, if you can't put an actual face to it and know Kyle Beach, uh, then I, I, and see the the pain on his face and in his voice, I, I don't think it resonates. Um, I was aware of this case. It's been a trigger for me on a personal level. Uh, I don't want to necessarily get into that, but, um, this has been very hard for me. And I think that people like Joel Quenville and Stan Bowman and Don Fear and Gary Bettman and, and Ken, you know, these people way more than I do. Cause I've been covering football for too long, but there's probably a bunch of other names, Tim Shovel Dayoff. There's probably some other names. Um, that not only victimized or added to the victimization of Kyle Beach, but they've added to the victimization of this kid in Michigan. Mm-hmm. They've added to the victimization of Tim Graham. They've added to the victimization of anybody who's ever had anything happen to them like this. And this is supposed to be an institution, a civic institution. I'm talking about the National Hockey League, the, the bastion of your sport that you love 
that you are supposed to feel confident in investing your money in, your energy, your passions, put everything you can into this sport that you love, we got it. We are the stewards of your sport. Mm -hmm. And that's where your column about Gary Bettman really stood out to me is that, yes, business decisions. I forgot about the CTE thing. I mean, that's the main reason I've always hated the guy. CTE. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. That in and of itself. But I mean, this gets you can at least say, well, the hockey players know what they're signing up for. Yeah. You know, you could you can get there. Same thing. I, hey, I've covered boxing. But if not for boxing, I may not be where I am in my career in terms of, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you can, can get there with that. football. You, you can, can say that, Tim. You can say that, but but I'll, I'll also counter with this. There are there is a parallel there. What if, you know, what about the guy who comes up? He's a decently skilled player, big guy, you know, but not maybe not quite good enough to play at the NHL level. Well, he has a coach tell him, well, you know what? Your ticket to playing in this league is dropping your gloves all the time. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. That's You're fine. Right. You don't want to have a career. Can see ya because we'll find someone else who does it. You're right. right? So, so You're absolutely is, right. There is a parallel in that respect, not in the same way and, and, and that, but, but, you know, there have been many players. I, I just don't, but that's a beautiful point, Ken. And I'm glad you yeah. made it because I, bet, I was thinking I more of the skaters yeah. out there and getting hit into yeah. the boards, but you're right. That enforcer role yeah. and the fighting. You're right. Out of all those guys that have done it, I've met. Ty Domi was one. Definitely. I've met maybe two or three guys that liked it, that actually liked doing it. You know, Ty Domi was a player who could play, but he fought because he liked it. Most guys hate it. They hate every second of it. It causes them no end of anxiety. They wake up that morning. They're, they're nervous all day. They look over the run. They look over their lineup. They go, okay, this is the guy I'm going to have to fight and they have to prepare for it. And, you know, so, so it takes a toll on those guys too. And as we're seeing more and more increasingly, uh, it takes a very, very personal toll on them later in life. So right, you're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, Gary Bettman's handling of this is uh, has been has been ghastly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, he's he it's the the he's at the top, uh, obviously, and same thing with uh, with Donald Fear, um, but the. But, the Blackhawks. Okay, maybe I hesitate to bring this up because I took a ration of shit for this uh, when I, when it was a story that was happening here in Western New York. And, and Ken, if you don't want to talk about it, I didn't even think I was going to ask you about this. Okay. Does this cast any wonder about how the Blackhawks handled Patrick Kane over the years? Hmm. Um, they were the ones that told us there's nothing to it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make an accusation, but I mean, yeah. this is a guy who was actually investigated for yep. sexual misconduct. Yep. You know, we've seen yep. the dead spin articles and all that stuff right. and, right. and beating right. up a cab driver and yeah, it, but they, well, but we want to win Stanley cups. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say one thing though. I mean, there was a legal investigation into Patrick Kane that found, you know, that, that the, the, the charges were not with merit, I guess you could say. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, yeah, so that's true. So I, I, I mean, there is that he has, you know, a legal sort of decision on his side. Um, but you know, there have been a lot of things that have gone on with this team, a lot of things. And you, you begin to wonder where, you know, well, you don't wonder, I mean, they've told us and they made it very, very clear that winning Stanley cups was, was the number one 
primary objective here and everything else is, 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 is second behind that. I mean, they've had, they've had some pretty bad stuff go on in that organization with people involved, you know, with people behind the scenes, you know, particularly that group. So I will say this, I will say this. Um, I think this is a time of reckoning for Gary Bettman, for Donald Fear, for all the people who've been fired. I think it's a time of reckoning for the Chicago Blackhawks too. And I think that if there was ever a time where there is a time for a complete and utter rebranding of this organization, it's now. It's now. You change your name. You change your logo. You get rid of all the vestiges of this terrible thing that's happened in the, in the past little while. You start new, you create, you, you get people's trust back doing something like that. Because, and, and you know, you would know this better than I do, but the Washington football situation, I mean, you know, the name change came about because it, it's, it's a terrible name. And it's and it's racist and everything, but but part of it was not was not part of it fueled by all of this other stuff that you were talking. Yeah, about I think if Daniel well. Snyder was a great owner, then they're still yeah. probably under the the previous nickname. It, this it was kind of a a, a concession. Like, right. Uh, all right, well, we know that you've been honest about the nickname and and the and the imagery and all that stuff, um, the headdresses and the face paint. Uh, we'll get rid of that, uh, but don't pay any attention to what we're doing here in the front office with yeah. our yeah, with our yeah. female employees. Right, exactly. So it's so, you know, I mean, if it can happen there, it should happen in Chicago. And I, I really do think that this is a perfect opportunity for the Chicago Blackhawks to rebrand themselves as something else, to put this behind them in terms of just divorcing yourself from that stain on your legacy. And, and I think the perfect way would be to change the name, change everything. Really? I mean, that's such a, I mean, the original six... You know all that stuff, uh, Ken. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that's a big thing. Sure it is. Sure it is. But we all know that, you know, that it is. It's not cool. Like it's just not cool anymore. You know. I mean that that logo is not right. It's not right. It doesn't a big honor seller, anything. right? Isn't yeah, it still one seller. of the biggest sellers? It doesn't honor anything or anyone. That's right. Um, and there is no Blackhawk tribe. You know, I mean, it doesn't honor anybody. It doesn't, it doesn't bring anything other than cultural appropriation to anything. So if you're going to, like I said, if you want to really move on here, I think a complete rebrand is what's in order. What's your take? The, the last man's or one of the last men standing. No, I, I should, all right. I've already, I need to rephrase that yet again, because Don, as long as Donald Fear and Gary Bettman are still yeah, there, yeah. those are two guys we don't know Bill Daly's role in all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he was not in the dark. Um, right, right. But uh, Kevin Shoveldayoff, who I think I may have referred to as Tim Shoveldayoff earlier, that's uh, yeah, that's, you, you back up, the, that's back in the that's back in the brain. Tim Shovelday. yeah, you mix up Tim Shovelday and Kevin. I covered Shovelday. I covered Tim Shovelday as a member of the Las Vegas Thunder many years ago. Nice. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what a great guy too. Yeah. Great dude. Anyways, yeah. Kevin Shoveldayoff. Well, when Detroit, when Detroit had, when Detroit. Uh, had Tim Shovelday and Alain Chevrier, there was somebody said, somebody had a great line. We have two Chevys and we can't get out of the garage. <laughs> so <laughs> I digress. It <laughs> uh, is a great line. Yeah. Well, does, uh, does Kevin Shovelday off uh, get out of the garage in Winnipeg? What, I mean, what are your, what's your take on him? It's a little blur, a little murkier with him, but 
a lot of people think that he should suffer the same fate as Joel Quenville. Well, I mean, and based on and any, everything that Gary Bettman said today doesn't lead me to believe that there's any difference. Um, it's particularly between him and Stan Bowman. First of all, he was the assistant GM and Gary's part of Gary's justification was that he's not a member of senior, the senior leadership group. Well, I don't know. Most organizations, I think assistant GMs are, are senior enough to be in, in, in included in that group. And secondly, he basically- And I think you could assume, Ken, that if you go on to become an NHL general manager, you had your training at some point, right? You were, well, yeah. he was learning. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he was you yeah. know, getting the coffee uh, in Chicago. He got that no, job was, because of what he did in Chicago. He was handling prospects and he was handling their salary cap. And so, and so, you know, but, but then he said, he kept going back to, and this is where there's like a total disconnect for me is I, I wasn't any closer to being convinced that he should just be, you know, absolved here after, I, after Gary Bettman spoke today than before, you know, like he kept saying that, well, Kevin Sheldayoff, I, I was convinced that he thought that this was going to be taken care of. Well, yeah, Stan Bowman thought it was going to be taken care of too. And that was part of the reason why he was fired. So why, if one guy thinks somebody else is going to take care of it, gets fired, and the other guy doesn't, I, I don't. You know what? I don't. I don't understand why Tim, uh, why Kevin Shell. Now you got me thinking. It's Tim Shell. <laughs> Kevin Shelldayoff. Now I, I, that seed. I don't understand why Kevin Shelldayoff was not um, sanctioned more than he was. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know why. And and I'm no like. And what's worse is I'm no clearer on it today than I was before Gary Bettman started talking about it. So I, to, you, my long-winded answer to you is I don't know what's going to happen to Kevin Day off in Winnipeg. What other, uh, we were focusing on uh, Gary Bettman. That was your, uh, well, that, that was the, the topic of your column anyway. Any, any other dominoes that you think need to fall in this? Or maybe um, dom dominoes that should fall, but we don't know what they are yet because oh, yeah, everything yeah. has been covered up so much that that maybe a little transparency would let us know who who else deserves to get fired. Well, I, well, I don't know if anybody deserves to get fired, but I sure would like to know who those thirty nine people were that didn't that didn't cooperate with the investigation. Um, I'd really like to know who they are and what they would have had to say. Um, you know, I mean, they had no subpoena power. They had no. Um, uh, I'm not sure what the legal term is, but they had, they didn't have like, um, you know, swearing in powers or whatever, whatever they're known as legally. Um, so, but I, I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have heard from those 39 people that saw fit not to cooperate with this investigation and why and what they would have had to hide because they talked to 139, another 40 turn them down. So that's 180, 40 of 180. That's, uh, that's almost a quarter of the people that they approached said, uh, no, thanks. I think I'm going to sit this one out. Um, I would like to know who those people are and what they would have had to say if uh, they would have had been subpoenaed in something like this. I, I still, from what I understand, um, there's no statute of limitations on sexual assault. Um, I think that Kyle Beach still probably has a, a criminal case here if he wants to pursue that. Um, as far as people being fired, I mean, is that a Canadian thing, Ken? In Canada, there's no statute of limitations. 
I believe it's well. I know. I know in Canada. I don't know if it's if it's right. that way in other places. It depends been, on the jurisdiction. Yeah, obviously. and, and I've been told that in Illinois there isn't. There is not a okay. statute of limitations. So I, I think that avenue is still probably open to Kyle Beach should he choose to pursue it and and sort of go through this whole nightmare again. Um, I don't know if he wants to do that. Um, you know, um, his name has to come off the Stanley Cup. Absolutely um yeah so other people that should be fired I, I don't i don't know i mean I, I think anybody i'm not sure about firing but i think anybody who knew anything about this and didn't do something about it needs to be dealt with and either suspended or lose the privilege of working in the nhl with without doubt i just don't know who those people are and i think that there there's a possibility because Congress can do whatever it wants. In many cases, when it comes to investigating things, they can come up with all kinds of reasons yeah, uh, yeah. like they are doing with Washington football team right now. They are not yeah. happy with the NFL's lack of transparency in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's to stop Congress from saying, you know what, we're going to open this up about, I mean, they could do it broadly and say of all sports in our leagues here, because right. for the same rationale that they're using for Washington football team or just a separate one where we're saying, we're going to look right at the Chicago Blackhawks. Just well, like we're yeah. looking at Washington football team, and we are going to get into bringing people right here in front of us. Stan Bowman, you can come sit here and talk to Congress. Tell yeah. us what you knew. Uh, Gary Bettman, come on down. Uh, mm -hmm. You can sit here and, and face uh, some questions. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there would be a lot of bipartisan shielding. You know, you see a lot of uh, hearings, especially here in the United States. I know it happens in Canada, too, where yeah, yeah. there'd be yeah. a hearing and there's clearly one set of politicians who are on the offensive and another set of politicians that are providing cover. Uh, right. I think in a situation like this, there would not be a lot of cover no, uh, for Gary Butman, uh, just as there wouldn't yeah. be for Daniel Snyder or Roger Goodell. See, I think, I think, and I think that 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 this is the one time when the NHL is going, whew, lucky nobody cares about us." You know, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's like lucky these uh, these these lawmakers and and you know senators and Congress people uh, really don't even know we exist. So we'll just uh, keep it that way on that front for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, that that might be the one time where they're like, "Okay, well, our low profile might actually um, help us right now." Right. 90% of Congress right now is saying, whew, good thing this happened in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they just assume it's hockey, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, you're like, yeah, no, no, exactly. the Blackhawks are actually in the United States, uh, yeah. Congressman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Trying to get too, uh, too flippant about it. Yeah. Um, Ken, this has been a good conversation, I think a necessary conversation. Um, a lot of venting needs to be done. And uh, I think there are a lot of people out there who need to um, – hear grown men talk about some of these things sometimes uh, because we know how things are in sports. And as we addressed earlier, there is a sentiment out there of, you know, you gotta, you gotta be tough and, and be able to, yeah. you know, punch that guy right in the nose, you know, or right. I, man, I wish he would have tried something with me. You know, I'd, you know, I'd have kicked his ass if he'd have, yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah. doesn't Kyle beach is no less of a man. In fact, I think of him uh, as one of the great men uh, on the planet Absolutely. today. Absolutely. And, um, Anyways, I appreciate it. anything you want to add that I didn't ask you about other no, than plugging uh, hockey unfiltered uh, again no, by uh, going to yeah. ncampbell.substack.com sign up for it. Um, yeah. and, and great stuff, but uh, yeah, Ken, I'm sorry. Anything else you want to talk about? No, no, I think, I think you pretty well covered it like a good reporter does. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> know about that. I probably could have done better research. <laughs> I, I probably could have uh, not called uh, Kevin Shevel day off by the wrong name. 
That's okay. Uh, but I can be forgiven. I can be oh, forgiven. Yeah. Anybody who's met Tim Shovelday uh, is allowed uh, that earworm because yeah. I think about it every time I hear the name Shovelday. <laughs> exactly. Um, Ken, what's coming up? Anything anything uh, coming up at Hockey Unfiltered? Uh, I know that you uh, cover oh, well, things as they happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to be sort of keeping track of these things. I do a weekly notebook that comes out tomorrow. So it's Tuesday. My Tuesday notebook will come out tomorrow. I've, I've actually got a pretty interesting thing going now. I'm going to I'm uh, putting together a panel and uh, I'm ranking the top 50 small men in NHL history. So um, so that's that's a good one. That'll be a good one. What's the criteria? The criteria is you have to be considered a small player for your era. Okay, so like Marcel Dion was a small player. Howie Morenz was smaller than Marcel Dion. However, Howie Morenz was pretty close to an average sized player at in the 20s, right? So you have to, you can't have been more than five foot nine to start. That's that's the cutoff right Ever? there. Ever. Yeah, okay. like in any era. And um, and you have to have been like I, I did it according to like heights and weights of NHL players through the through the eras. So I, I've adjusted it for eras. And so, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be kind of fun. I hate to throw a fly in the ointment. Uh, can you throw a fly in the ointment, drop a fly, insert a fly? in? The, I'd hate for I hate to be the fly in the ointment. Right. You know especially guys who are on the smaller side lie about their height all the time. What if there's a great five, eight guy out there, but he's, he's swears he's five ten his entire yeah, well, career. And then there you go. Then you, you lose because you lie. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It, it comes so back to honesty. Honesty. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the common thread throughout this entire podcast. It's it, just be honest and everything will work out. Yeah. And, and you know what? So then all the five, nine guys are five, actually five, seven. So right. now the cutoff is five, seven. Right. There you go. <laughs> Do, have you gotten started on this yet? What's that? Have we gotten started on this yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm well into it. It'll be coming up pretty soon. If the NHL ever has some slow days where there's not like a bunch of this kind of crap going on, that's when that's when it'll appear. So <laughs> right on, man. Well, I look oh, forward yeah, to that. So I have I have some smaller guys I'd like to see on there. Yeah, yeah. I'd like Welcome to see to Daniel Briere on there. Yeah, a couple of guys who played for the Sabres. Danny Gare, great. Oh, small. right. Danny Gare was a great small player. Great small player. Yeah. So yeah. So some guys like that. It'll be fun. Ken, I've enjoyed this. Uh, the 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 topic, notwithstanding, but it's passionate discussion. Yeah. Uh, and needed discussion with a guy who I really respect. Thank you. And um, I applaud your work and uh, look forward to to maintaining my subscription at hockey unfiltered and uh, best of luck to you right back at you my friend all right that's ken campbell of hockey unfiltered you can follow him at kencampbell.substack.com oh i don't have it here in front of me ken what's your twitter oh k campbell uh underscore 27 yeah i think that's what it is i don't i don't yeah i think it's k can k at at Ken Campbell underscore 27. I believe that's let, what it is. Let me help you out here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ken underscore Campbell 27. Okay. That, yeah. That's Ken it. Ken underscore Campbell 27. What's 27 for? Uh, my favorite player growing up was Frank Mahovlich. Um, So I've always worn 27 playing hockey and, and it's just, it's one of the, one of my, one of my go-tos. So yeah, that's it. Righteous. Righteous. Thanks Ken. <laughs> okay. Thank you. See you Tim. The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions 
through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions.